You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. that Jesus is coming to the guy. Two times in this story alone, Jesus went to the man. This man had an important date with the Son of God. He had an important date with the Messiah, and it wasn't going to be left undone. And Jesus came to him once again. Jesus found him. He once was lost, but now he's found. Christ found him. He went to the man, and he asked them this incredible question. Listen to it. He said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? As Pastor Dave continues his teaching series, he'll be encouraging you to make ministering to people a priority. Jesus was all about people. In fact, he went out of his way, even when it was inconvenient, and he sought after those who were lost. Is there anyone in your life you should be ministering to? Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 9 as he continues his message, Journey of Faith. You are This healing of this blind man caused tremendous controversy because it took place on the Sabbath. It disobeyed a man-made law. It didn't disobey God's law, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. It disobeyed one of man's 600 and some odd laws about the Sabbath. That you can't wear these, can't do that, can't do this. It disobeyed their laws. They couldn't believe that this man, this Jesus, was from God because he broke the law concerning the Sabbath. They continued to question the blind man about this encounter. What do you know about this guy? What do you know? I love the blind man's answer. He's a prophet. Another step of faith. Another step of faith. Jesus went from being a man, and now he's a prophet. He's a prophet. There's a step of faith here. There's a progression here. You can see it. He's a prophet. Yes, Jesus is a man. Yes, Jesus was a prophet. But the sad part about it is there are many, many religions that stop right there. Yes, Jesus was a man. They won't argue with you. They won't argue that Jesus was a man, and they won't argue with you that Jesus was a prophet. That's it. They won't go any further. They will not go any further. But Jesus is so, so much more. So, so much more. I'm here to declare that to you today. The Pharisees were so confused, they even drag in the man's parents. They pull the man's parents in. Is this your son? And how did he receive his sight? The parents backpedal. Yeah, he's our kid, but we don't know how he got his sight. Ask him. Ask him. The the, The Pharisees continue to hammer away at Jesus, even to the fact of calling him a sinner. Why was he a sinner? He broke the Sabbath. He was a sinner because he broke their Sabbath law. But the blind man, the guy who now sees with all his might, countered everything they threw at him when he said to them, the one thing I know, the one thing I know, that once I was blind, now I see. This was a fact that was 
irrefutable. They couldn't deny it, the man saw. They could not deny this. It was right in front of them. How could they say it? This was pure fact. No one could deny it. The miracle had happened. The man had his sight. But they weren't satisfied. Once again, they said, so how did he open your eyes? <laughs> you know, there was a heated exchange here, and the man asked the Pharisees, well, do you want to be his disciples? And then they reviled him. And they reviled him. This man's born blind faith takes another step. Listen to the words. He takes one more step. He says, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. So he was a man. He was a prophet. And now he's from God. You see the progression that's happening here in the man's own words. He was from God. Exactly what Jesus had been telling the Pharisees since the beginning of the Gospel of John. He was sent by the Father. He didn't come on his own. He was sent by the Father. The Father had sent him, and he was going back to the Father. He had told them time and time and time again. What did the Pharisees do? Well, you know the Pharisees, when they're pushed into a corner, they always come out swinging hard. Uh, okay, you're out of here. That was, their, that was their solution. Throw the man out. Because he said Jesus was from God. He said Jesus was from God. He agreed with others instead of agreeing with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the type of religious leaders that you agree with us or you don't agree with anybody else. It's either our way or the highway. You want to take the highway? Goodbye. See you later. Now, this man is thrown out of the temple. This is horrendous. This is horrible for this poor guy. He can't go pray. He can't fellowship with God's people. He has no connection with God. He has no place where he can go and meet God. He can't take a sacrifice into the temple. This was horrible for the God. He was excommunicated. He was an outcast. If he was walking down the street and they saw him, they'd cross the street. They treated him as bad as they treat Gentiles. As bad as they treat women. They treated him horribly. They threw him out of the temple. This was a terrible, terrible thing. He was an outcast. He was an outcast. We don't know where he went after this, but we do know that Jesus sought him out. And this is where we begin in verse 35. Didn't think I'd get there, did you? Oh, ye of little faith. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and when he found him, Jesus goes and finds the guy. Here's the second time that Jesus is coming to the guy. Two times in this story alone, Jesus went to the man. This man had an important date with the Son of God. He had an important date with the Messiah, and it wasn't going to be left undone. And Jesus came to him once again. Jesus found him. He once was lost, but now he's found. Christ found him. He went to the man, and he asked him this incredible question. Listen to it. He said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? Wow. The man was lost. He was rejected by the religious people. He was rejected by the whole religious community. But he wasn't rejected by Jesus. He was an outcast, but he wasn't rejected by Jesus. He was lost, but he was found by Jesus. You may be feeling like an outcast today. You may be feeling rejected today by who knows who. Maybe you've had a bad experience at another church. Maybe you've had a bad experience with this Christianity thing. Or maybe you had a bad experience with man-made religion. 
The law that says you got to do this, 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 and be saved. It's Jesus plus. Maybe you're an outcast today. Maybe you're, you're here because you don't know where else to go. And God brought you here today to hear a message about people who are outcasts that Jesus goes and finds. Jesus goes and hunts them down. He's not called the hound of heaven for nothing. He hunts them down. He hunted this man down. He could have left them there. He did his work. The man saw. The man had sight. Jesus could have left them there, but he didn't. He went to find the God because his work wasn't done. His work wasn't complete with this man. His work wasn't done. Jesus is a good shepherd. When we get to chapter 10, we're going to read all about the good shepherd. Jesus cares for those who are his sheep. Jesus cares for the ones. Jesus knew what was in the heart of this man. Jesus knew what he was going to do. And he even knew what the man would answer. Jesus knew what was in his heart. Jesus initiates this contact. Jesus went looking for him. Jesus went looking for him, the parable of the shepherd who had the 99 and left one, left them to go get the one. Here's the one. Here's the one lost. Jesus is coming to look for him. The, the man has been threatened. He's been cast out of the religious community. Remember, faith starts with an action from God. The man heard Jesus's words. He knew Jesus's voice. He, he now has his sight, but he was cast out of the temple. And Jesus asked him the most important question of the entire time. From day one of Genesis all the way to the last day of the world. The greatest question that I'll ever ask, do you believe in the Son of God? It's the inescapable question. It's a question that every single person in this room, every single person in Lower Township, every single person in New Jersey, et cetera, et cetera, every single person in the entire world will have to answer. Do you believe in the Son of God? Jesus asked the man, do you believe in the Son of God? It's a question that has eternal consequences. Eternal consequences. It's either a yes or no answer. You either do or you do not. There is no in-between. You can't be in-between. Yes or no? Well, I've undecided. It's a no. Yes or no? Do you believe? It's a simple question. Look at the guy's answer. I love this guy. Look at the guy's answer in 36. And he answered and said, who is he? Lord, that I may believe in him. What he's saying is, I don't recognize you. Your voice sounds kind of familiar to me. I know that voice, but I don't recognize you. I, I want to see who is this guy that I might believe in him. If I see him, maybe I'll believe him. But the guy's heart has already changed. Lord, who is he that I may believe? Jesus' answer. Jesus' answer in 37. Jesus said to him, you have both seen me, and it is he who is talking with you. You, wow. You've seen me now. Yes, he has. I have sight now. I have sight. I can see. And there you are standing before me, the Son of God, the Messiah, standing before this poor, wretched man, this poor beggar who has been outcast, this one who has been thrown out, hated by his family. They probably even had a funeral for him. This poor man who had been cast out, this poor man who had no place to go, who was lost, who was just there, had such a wonderful miracle. Can you imagine having something so wonderful happen to you and you couldn't share it with anybody? He couldn't share it with anybody. Nobody wanted to hear about it. Not even his parents. Jesus is standing there. And I imagine 
And again, it's my imagination that when Jesus said that, when he, when he said, and it is he who is talking with you, he went like this. It is he who's talking with you. Probably had a smile on his face. You've seen me, and I'm speaking to you right now. I already mentioned this, but this is the second time that Jesus has revealed himself in the Gospel of John as the Messiah, the woman at the well. He revealed himself as the Messiah to the woman of the well. He revealed himself, and here he does it again. Notice, notice, what was the woman at the well? An outcast. She was an outcast. Five husbands, and the one she was living with right now was not her husband. Outcast, rejected. A Samaritan, all those things rolled into one. Jesus goes to the outcasts. Only the sick are in need of a physician. I've come to seek those who are lost, those who are sick. I've come to seek them, Jesus said. The blind man now clearly sees Jesus standing before him. He clearly sees the Messiah, the Son of God, standing before him, and he doesn't hesitate any time at all. Lord, in 38, Lord, I believe, and he falls to the ground, falls to the ground in front of the guy and worships him, falls right to the ground and worships his Lord and Savior. He sang it. I want to come back to the heart of worship because it's all about me. No, 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 no. I want to come back to the heart of worship because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. I want to come back. The man sees it. He declares him. He declares Jesus as Lord and falls on his face before him, and he worships him. This man's journey to salvation is complete. The man's journey to salvation is complete. Jesus went from being a man in his life to a prophet to a man of God. But it isn't enough to believe that Jesus is just a man or even a prophet or even from God. The Apostle John writes in 1 John 5, 1, but whosoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. We must believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus asked the right question. Do you believe in the Son of God? Do you believe in him? Well, yeah. Where is he? Me. And he falls down on his face. He saw Jesus. He saw the Son of God standing in front of him, and he falls to his face, and he believed. He declared that Jesus was the Son of God, and he called him Lord. No one calls Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit. No one calls him Lord. You can't do it. He not only believed and trusted, he worshiped Jesus. And guess what? Jesus accepted his worship, didn't he? Jesus accepted his worship. Now, if Jesus were not God, according to the law, he would not accept his worship. He would not accept his worship. Allah, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Barnabas are one of their missionary journeys. I didn't look it up, but they think they're Greek gods. They think Greek gods have come. Look, Greek gods have come. Let's worship them. And Paul goes, yo, cool your jets. Time out. Just men. We're just men like you. See, they didn't accept worship because they couldn't. The angels can't accept worship because they can't. Only God can accept worship. Only God can accept our worship, and Jesus is God. The man born blind did not see Jesus and then believe. He had heard his voice and in obedience did what the voice told him to do. His faith journey started now and then and was complete. In chapter 10, Jesus declares that the sheep hear his voice and they know him. 
Back way back in verse 3, Jesus had declared that the works of the Father would be revealed through this man's blindness. What are the works of God? What's God's will? That all would come to repentance. That all would know Jesus and declare him as Lord and Savior and come to eternal life. The Father's will is that none would perish. Jesus fulfilled the Father's will. Jesus is the glory of God, now revealed to man. Jesus is the Son of God. God incarnate, and he needs to be worshipped. We must worship him in spirit and truth. We must worship him in sincerity. Not a fake worship. Not standing up on Sunday morning going, kind of, you know, just mouthing the words, but a heartfelt worship. Words that come from your heart. Words that have feeling. Because he deserves your worship. He deserves your praise. For he alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. Blind man heard a voice. He called Jesus the man. He called him a prophet. Then he defends him. He defends him at a huge risk and is thrown out of the temple. But once he feels and knows who he is, he believes and falls at his feet, and he worships. What a glorious scene this must have been. What a glorious scene this must have been for this guy to finally realize, wow, the Messiah has come. And this journey of faith, this journey of faith started, if you will, with John the Baptist. Way back in chapter 1 when we were there, eons ago. Back in chapter 1, it started. Many believed that the Apostle John was at one time John, one of John the Baptist's disciples. And there's some scripture that could, that could possibly prove that. Many believed that the Apostle John at one time was a disciple to John the Baptist. But John the Baptist was walking one day, and his disciples were with him, and this man comes towards him, and John the Baptist boldly proclaims, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John pointed at this man coming to them. John pointed at Jesus Christ, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God. Now, he's talking to Jews. He's talking to basically all Jewish people. When you said Lamb of God, they knew exactly what they were talking about. There was no question about what he was saying, the reference that he was saying, the Lamb of God. They understood the Passover. They knew about the Lamb for the Passover, and in fact, it's really cool because they celebrated the Passover. They took lambs into their home. And this is an aside, but there's another really great profession of faith in Exodus that I want to go to just to kind of bolster everything we've been talking about here. There's a great, great profession, progression of faith in Exodus talking about the Passover. It's in Exodus 12. And it's verses 3 to 5. Now, I'm reading from the New King James, all right? So your translation might not have it this way, but this is what I see, so I'm going to share it with you. Verse 3 of chapter 12, Jesus, I mean, excuse me, God is instituting the Passover with the children of Israel. He says this in verse 3, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. According to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the person according to each man's need. You shall make account of the lamb. Your lamb will be without blemish. Look at the progression. Look at the progression. Select a lamb. 
They took a lamb out of many. They looked around. They saw all these little lambs. They asked Mary if she could have one. Mary had a little, never mind. Anyhow, they asked Mary if they could have one. They took it into their house for a while, and it became the lamb. And after a while, it became their lamb. All right. Jesus is the lamb of God. Look at the progression here. Take a lamb. Take a God. Jesus is a God. He might be one of many gods, for all I know. He might be one of many gods. So I think about this Jesus. All right. Then all of a sudden, he becomes the lamb. The God. Jesus is the one true living God. And then after a while, he becomes my lamb, my God. See the progression? The progression of faith there in the Passover. Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John knew it, and John called them on that. Passover lamb. That's how we come to know God. And this progression of John the Baptist started with his own disciples. Why? Because John the Baptist was announcing a new covenant. A new covenant was coming. A new covenant. One where there wouldn't have to be the blood of lambs and goats and bulls and all kinds of animals. There was a new covenant coming. He was announcing, here comes the new covenant. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He will be the sacrifice. He is perfect. He is without spot. He is the perfect Lamb. He will be the sacrifice for mankind. He is the new covenant in His blood. It's interesting that we're going to take communion here in a couple minutes. We're going to talk about the new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. No longer would there be sacrifice. There would only be one sacrifice. There will never be another sacrifice. Jesus Christ fulfilled everything. He sacrificed for you and for me on a cruel Roman cross. When we began the Gospel of John, we studied a verse that told us why John wrote this Gospel. He wrote it so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, we may have life in his name. That's the purpose John writes his gospel, that we may believe that Jesus is not just a man, that Jesus is not just a prophet, that Jesus is not just sent from God, but that Jesus is the Son of God, the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah, Christos, the anointed one. And by believing, by having faith, by putting your trust in, have everlasting life in his name. Have you taken that journey? Have you taken that journey of faith? Maybe you're feeling like you're an outcast. I don't belong. I don't belong with these people. They're all so different than I am. I, I, I don't belong. I feel rejected. I feel slighted. You're a little angry at God for your lot in life. Maybe you feel that God has, has been hard on you. Maybe you're feeling that God has done things to you because you think you're to blame or, or you had some responsibility in it, you know? God is calling you today through the Gospel of John. He's saying, believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe that He is God incarnate. Believe that He is the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One. And through His name have everlasting life. You are a sure We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on A Sure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. 
There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab. You can listen to additional teachings from this series in John or jump to another book of the Bible. Each book gives some useful insight into God's plan for you and the world you live in. We trust that A Sure Hope is an encouraging program for you. And if you're without a church family, we'd love for you to join us. If you happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to meet you in person for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can find all the information you need by visiting assurehoperadio.com. If you live further away or are unable to come in person, we understand. And we'd still love for you to be a part of our church family virtually. You can join us for church online through Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just follow the links that are available at assurehoperadio.com. And don't forget to like and subscribe to keep up to date with the latest information. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Assure Hope.